Denver Broncos cheerleaders, and you're listening to Sports Crunch with DCROM. Whenever you cats and kittens are, this is Sports Crunch with DCROM. I'm your host, David Cromolo, and we are already nearing the halfway point of this 2021 NFL season, yet we are still staring at a wide open, and I mean a wide open race, to Super Bowl 56 in both the NFC and AFC alike. And I personally do not anticipate a clear favorite in either conference emerging anytime soon. Do you, Hal Bent? I do not either, David. We have got um, a heck of a crowd on both sides in the AFC and the NFC. And, uh, you know, we're six six weeks in and uh, that extra game looks like that might have a huge impact on who gets that buy in each conference. So I'm really excited to see how things keep breaking uh, and uh, breaking out each week. Likewise, my friend, and let's begin our program with our main takeaways from week six, and I will go first. Three main takeaways for me. Number one, the Arizona Cardinals. Man, what they did this past week in Cleveland amidst the trying circumstances and all the terrible cards they were dealt. Oh, my goodness. Chandler Jones tested positive for COVID, couldn't play. Head coach Cliff Kingsbury tested positive for COVID, couldn't coach. You also had... Uh, General Manager Steve Kine test positive for COVID, yet Vance Joseph and Jeff Rogers just didn't miss a beat, and the Cardinals just laid an ass-kicking on the Cleveland Browns and absolutely dominated in a way that should remove all doubt, and I mean all doubt, that they're serious Super Bowl contenders. They are, folks. And meanwhile, from one pair of birds to another, the Baltimore Ravens, they look even more dangerous than they did in 2019, in my opinion. Despite all the injuries, they just keep stacking win after win after win. And they just utterly dominated the Chargers in their own house. Lamar Jackson, if you want to take away the Ravens running game, Lamar will make you pay. If you want to take away the passing game like the Chargers apparently tried to do last weekend, Lamar will make you pay. And uh, defense, they just absolutely shut Justin Herbert down. And this is a defense that many believe is taking a step backwards, especially due to the injuries they've had on the back end. Oh my goodness, the Ravens with an amazing statement. And I was in Denver to see the Raiders and Broncos on Sunday from the front row. And all I could say is this, the Broncos, they look like they have quit. They look like they have absolutely quit on Vic Fangio, just like the Bears quit on Mark Trestman in 2014. It is going to be an ugly, 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 ugly rest of the season for the Broncos, in my opinion, barring a miraculous turnaround. And all I can say is I'm in Jets mode when it comes to the Broncos season. And you know what I mean, Hal, by when I say Jets mode. <laughs> I understand completely, David. It's get that top pick, the best pick you can get. Um, hey, you know, uh, Arizona, I couldn't agree more. I had in my notes, I underlined Kyler Murray is the MVP. And then later on, I had to put a little note next to it and said, unless it's Dak Prescott right now, because uh, both of those guys, uh, unbelievable performances week after week, carrying those offenses on their shoulder. Absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, another note I wanted to make as well, Carolina, after that full start, that fast start, 
Uh, just not the same team without Christian McCaffrey there. No doubt about that. Uh, I hate to say it, but is Sam Darnold turning into a pumpkin? Um, that offense, boo, you know, that was uh, not very pretty. Uh, Chuba Hubbard, rookie having a great, great performance stepping in for McCaffrey. Obviously not McCaffrey, but... You know, they uh, in Carolina are trending in the wrong direction. And, you know, I'm back, David, and I'm still riding that Cincinnati bandwagon. The Bengals, the Bengals, Jamar Chase. Yes, yes. Big plays on offense, opportunistic defense. Yeah, it was the Lions, but the Bengals are four and two. And here they come. They've got a huge matchup this week. I cannot wait. I am ready to stay on that bandwagon. Upset special. You know what's coming, David. It's coming. It's coming. I'm telling you right now. It's coming this week. Oh, you telegraphed it, man. We are going to preview <laughs> that Bengals-Ravens game in just a little bit. But first, it's time to play our favorite game, Truth or Exaggeration. You know how this game works. I make a statement, and you tell me whether I'm telling the truth or whether I'm exaggerating and why. And we start with the Dallas Cowboys, speaking to Dak Prescott, where Mike McCarthy will prevent this absolutely, insanely special and talented Cowboys team from reaching Super Bowl 56. Truth or Exaggeration. You know, I hate to say truth in this situation, but I mean, ugh, it, it, Dak Prescott is doing everything he can to overcome the Mike McCarthyisms week after week. And I, you know, when you get to the playoffs and that margin is so thin in the playoffs, I just see Mike McCarthy finding a way to screw it up somehow. So yeah, I got to go with a, with a truth on that. McCarthy's going to find, he's going to find a way, David, he'll, one way or another, he'll, he'll screw it up somehow. Have faith. Yeah. And this is a name that all NFL fans need to know. Will McClay. He is like the main player personnel guy for the Cowboys. He makes most of the draft picks, if not all of the draft picks. This is his team even more than Jerry Jones in terms of player personnel. Will McClay, if only Jerry let Will McClay pick the head coach after Jason Garrett got <laughs> fired, we would have been singing a much different tune. I guarantee it. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And, and, you know, and, and again, it's just one more obstacle for the Cowboys who look like that path is pretty clear in the uh, NFC East. So um, yeah, it's week seven time to start talking about playoffs. Cowboy fans. Yep. Clear front runners for the NFC East this year compared to last year where that division was an absolute dumpster fire after holding Washington to less than five yards per pass attempt. The Chiefs have turned the corner on defense. Truth or exaggeration? Oh, that's a big exaggeration. Big exaggeration. So uh, it, it's a nice step in the right direction uh, against an offense that's, let's just say, bottom half of the NFL. <laughs> and uh, But yeah, th there's so many problems. They've still uh, got a lot of work to do in Kansas City. So definitely exaggeration there. And I'm sure you watched that amazing, thrilling game on Monday night between the oh. Bills and the Titans. Derrick Henry is already a lock to get enshrined in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Truth or exaggeration? Whew. Um, 
Boy, if you go by the Earl Campbell uh, criteria, yeah, he's kind of right there, isn't he? So, uh, you know, no, no rings, though. Eh, limited playoff success. Yeah, I'm trying to think if he, you know, goes down next week and never comes back. I'm going to say it's close to a truth, but I'm going to lean to the exaggeration. I think they're going to want to see a little bit more uh, in the voters in whenever that is uh, from Derrick Henry. But I think he's still showing that, you know, I mean, what's he on pace for? 450 carries or something ridiculous yep. like that? I mean, if there's anybody that can that can do that, it is, you know, uh, Derrick Henry. Uh, as I, I saw, I, I don't know who to attribute it to on Twitter. I saw it in about 500 places, but it was all the meme that said, you know, Derrick Henry is the player that you create in Madden when you create the player who's just so much bigger and, you know, just powers over everybody. He's the real life Madden player that you create and give all that special power to it. It's just unbelievable to see that. He is literally a human cyborg and not just that people that big should not be able to run that fast. And people who accumulate that much workload in a violent sport like football shouldn't be allowed to stay healthy all the time. Oh my God. Derrick Henry, he is the unicorn of unicorns, and he is the last of a dying breed, as in the bell cow running back, as in the real bell cow running back, those backs that touch the ball 400 times a year, those guys are dead. But Derrick Henry is doing his best to keep them slightly alive, so we just have to appreciate what Derrick Henry is doing. It's absolutely special. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Enjoy him. Yep, and staying in the AFC South, let's go to the Colts. Carson Wentz is well on his way to regaining his 2017 MVP form. Truth or exaggeration? Huge exaggeration there. Huge exaggeration. Not not even close to that level. Uh, he's. I don't think he's ever going to get back to that level again. Yes, he had a great game against Houston, but... Um, and yeah, they, you know, they looked good against Miami as well, but you know, I just don't know. No, you know, you're going to start seeing the, the Carson Wentz doing Carson Wentz things here. Um, especially as they get to that tougher part of the schedule in the second half of the season. Uh, and he's going to look just like he did against those tough defenses in the first couple of weeks as well. So, yeah, uh, I, I, you know, other than, you know, I don't think anybody's rooting for Carson Wentz more than, you know, I don't know, uh, general managers in Philadelphia who potentially have a first round pick coming out of here, you know, so, um, but yeah, they're going to be rooting for Wentz to do just well enough to stay in there and keep playing this 99% of the snaps so they get that first round pick, but, but yeah, I don't, you know, I, no, 2017, no, um, closer to i don't know 2019 maybe yeah but yeah we'll go with the exaggeration now yep he was playing against a de facto expansion team last week in the Texans, so definitely the exaggeration i agree with you there barring a miraculous turnaround these next two weeks the broncos should trade von miller by the november 2nd deadline truth or exaggeration that's a toughie there so i mean well they trade them what are they going to get for i mean are they going to get one of those 
multi first round draft pick specials and and find somebody that's going to give them a Khalil Mack deal. Um, if that's the case, maybe, but uh, I'm still going to say, no, exaggeration. You know, uh, he's still got a lot of football left in him. You can build around him on that defense. And he's a special player who brings special energy. Um, you know, he's made it pretty clear he was ready to go for the next week after that game. So <laughs> he's been quite vocal about that. So, yeah, definitely exaggeration. Keep Vaughn. He's the uh, backbone of that defense. The Arizona Cardinals offense is only about to get more dangerous with the addition of Zach Ertz, who will end up being an upgrade over the injured Max Williams. Truth or exaggeration? Oh, definitely a truth. Crafty veteran like Ertz, you know, now he's on the, you know, goes from, you know, with Philly one to, you know, three years down here in Philadelphia with, you know, not a lot of excitement or fun uh, going to Arizona or at, oh, in the desert, the fun, the excitement. Oh, gosh, he's going to be reborn. Truth, truth, truth. And last but not least for truth or exaggeration this week, the AFC North is making a serious push to be considered the best division in football. Truth or exaggeration? Yeah, I got to go with the truth there. Uh, you know, they're um, the North. Baltimore, I, you know, I'm on the Cincinnati bandwagon right now. Pittsburgh's bouncing back that, you know, the defense is doing what we expected. The offense is improving, blocking a little bit better. You know, Cleveland's just ravaged by injuries. We know there's, when healthy, one of the best teams in the NFL. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think the North, you know, putting a little pressure on the AFC West right now or the NFC West, either of those West divisions and saying, yeah, you know, Seattle may not be as good as we thought. Denver may not be as good as they looked the first couple of weeks. The Raiders, uh, you know, there's some shine coming off there. Yeah, truth, truth, truth. The North is making its push. I agree. And speaking of the AFC North, let's go to one of our two games of the week. And it's in that division as the Cincinnati Bengals travel to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. And when we talk about the resurgence of the Cincinnati Bengals, the first two names that obviously come to mind are Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. But as you said at the beginning of the program, Hal, that defense has yeah. been equally as responsible for this team's transformation. Look at this defense. Larry Ogajobi, he is playing as good as any interior defensive tackle penetrator in the entire National Football League. Trey Hendrickson, uh, people thought he was a downgrade from Carl Lawson, and uh, even if Carl Lawson was healthy, that might be true, but Trey Hendrickson, he's delivered five sacks already, and you got a rising star linebacker, Logan Wilson, who is the heart and soul of that defense, and Jesse Bates is arguably the best safety in the entire NFL. He deserves to be paid a gajillion times more than Jamal Adams. Oh my God. What a fraud. What a fraud <laughs> Jamal Adams is. He's not a safety at all. Oh my God. Worst trade in modern NFL history. Oh my God. <laughs> Can't believe Jesse Bates hasn't been paid yet. Bengals, you're going to have to pay up ASAP before his value goes super, super, super through the roof. And how underrated is this Bengals defense in your opinion? Well, I mean, it, it had a lot of questions to answer coming into the season without a doubt. I mean, when you look at that a secondary, like you said, you know, Jesse Bates, definitely great, great player. Um, but, you know, 
Vaughn Bell, Ricardo Allen, Eli Apple, uh, Shadobi Awuzie, Mike Hilton. We're talking about veterans who had a little bit of shine come off of them in recent years and really needed to reestablish themselves. And that secondaries, I think, played a lot better than a lot of people expected. And, you know, with Jamar Chase making that impact that he has, um, you know, right out of the gate, the offensive line, you know, performing well, keeping Joe Burrow upright long enough and blocking for Joe Mixon and, you know, everybody healthy there. You knew the offense was going to be there, but that improved secondary has really, really helped, uh, you know, the Bengals take that next step forward. And, and that was really the surprise of this unit was, you know, could these, these players, these cast-offs come together and maximize their potential? And so far they have. Yeah, Jadobia Awuzie, he also did an excellent job against the best wide receiver of the NFL, Devontae Adams, during the Bengals' heartbreaking loss to the Packers a couple weeks ago. So that is definitely something to keep in mind when we're talking about this Bengals' defense. But now let's go to the Ravens' offense. You know the amazing strides Lamar Jackson has made as a passer this year. Their offense, it definitely is more dangerous than 2019 because of that alone. But just when you thought they're more dangerous than 2019 – they're about to get even more dangerous because rookie first-round pick Rashad Bateman returned to the lineup last week, caught a few passes, and his role is only about to get bigger. Just how much more dangerous does Rashad Bateman make this Baltimore Ravens offense? He was one of my favorite picks of the entire first round, as was Odafe Owe, and it looks like the Ravens crushed it. Oh, definitely, without a doubt. And, you know, getting Bateman back is huge for this offense. Um, you know, we've seen the limitations of Hollywood Brown. There's just the, too much inconsistency, disappears for periods of time, has the drops every once in a while in big situations. You know, how much can you trust him, you know? And having Bateman there as that compliment, Sammy Watkins in the room as that steadying veteran possession receiver now. Uh, you know, you need that third receiver these days in the NFL. You've got to have three solid receivers, and Bateman can really let that Baltimore offense take that next step, I think, as that, you know, explosive player for that offense. Yes. Um, Hollywood Brown, he's made some improvements this year, but at, at the end of the day, he's a nine route guy, if you know what I mean. He's exactly. Your, strictly your vertical option. And Sammy Watkins, he's uh, just in Baltimore on a one-year deal. They needed a long-term investment to make it a true wide receiver one. And you have exactly that in Rashad Bateman. He just knows how to run routes, get open all day long, and he is as dependable as they come. Uh, talk about the second coming of like Keenan Allen or Allen Robinson. That's how good this guy can be. Yeah, I mean, not throwing any shade at Devin Duvernay, but Rashad Bateman is a big step up in that third wide receiver position uh, from Duvernay, no doubt about it. Um, and just having that, you know, like, like you said, he just brings so much to that offense, um, the potential. And, and like we said, you know, we've seen people talking about Lamar Jackson with his breakout performance, throwing the ball. David, I've been listening to you since you went to the senior bowl when Lamar Jackson was coming out and you were telling us, don't sleep on him as a passer. He's not a tight end. He is a true quarterback. And, you know, I think all of the doubters, uh, their doubt has been removed. Uh, Lamar is showing them this year. And to give him another weapon, I mean, just fantastic for that Baltimore offense. What are some of the key matchups you're looking for in this game, uh, Hal? 
Well, I mean, when you when you talk about Baltimore, um, you know, uh, right now, you know, it's going to be how are they going to stop that Cincinnati pass rush? So, you know, the injuries on the offensive line for the Ravens, you know, they've got to see, um, you know, first and foremost, let Lamar get back there, let him get comfortable. And we talked about uh, that pass rush. Trey Hendrickson has just been fantastic for Cincinnati. Got Sam Hubbard on the other side as well. So they can bring some pressure. Um, that's going to be a big matchup there as well. Um, and, and, you know, and like you talked about the, you know, that Ravens um, defense going up against Cincinnati, you know, is the Ravens secondary going to be able to slow down Jamar Chase and the rest of that, the Cincinnati pass rushers, you know, um, you've got Marlon Humphrey back there. You've got, you know, some, some good young talent there in that secondary so if that can hold up for the ravens that can make a big difference in this game that's a huge matchup as well and you passed over larry ogan joby who is an elite and i mean an elite interior pocket pusher in the national football league and the ravens uh, being down uh, several players on that interior offensive line that could be a grotesque mismatch Oh, definitely, definitely. I just didn't want to pronou mispronounce Ogan Joby. Come on, you know that's gone. <laughs> yeah, Hal, and let me tell you what. I was going to pick the Ravens because they definitely have that team of destiny uh, mantra to them, as Mark Schofield said on the pod last week, given all the injuries they've overcome so far this season. They definitely have the look of, of such a team. And I do expect them to be in it until the end of January at the very least. However, all teams of destiny need to go through a little bit more adversity. And in that case, you have sold me because of the Ravens uh, issues in the secondary missing Marcus Peters. He's going to be missed more than ever this week when Jamar Chase and T Higgins and Tyler Boyd come to town. I think this is the week where the Ravens get a little bit of a wake-up call. I am going with the Cincinnati Bengals in an upset. Ooh, I love it, David. You're on my side. Be beautiful. Yep, I've got the Bengals in an upset. I think we're going to have a nice high-scoring game. Um, bet the over, but um, how Cincinnati does it, I'll save that for my bold prediction. But I've got the Bengals 35 to 30 over the Ravens. And speaking of high scoring games, we have most likely a big high scoring game in the AFC as the Kansas City Chiefs at three and three travel to Music City to take on Derrick Henry and the Titans fresh off after that incredible Monday night upset over the Buffalo Bills. And like I said, this scream shootout, it could all turn on who has the ball last and which defense is more willing to make a stop. Which defense do you trust more at this time, the Chiefs or the Titans? Boy, there's not a lot of trust for either of those defenses right now. I mean, oh, um, I, I don't know how the Titans keep winning these games with these defenses. <laughs> it's just, you know, uh, oh, I, I just can't get over it. Week after week after week, they, they somehow find a way to keep winning here with that defense. But... Um, you know, I, I mean, in a way, you can almost say the defenses look kind of alike. You know, you got that elite pass rusher up front. You've got, you know, big, strong guy in the middle of the line. And then a lot of question marks around there. And, you know, um, 
one or two, you know, really good players in the secondary and a lot of question marks around them as well. Oh, it, it's, it's kind of a coin flip at this point, David, as to, you know, which defense I trust. It's neither. <laughs> yeah, Hal, it's definitely hard to trust either one of these defenses right now, but I would give a slight edge to the Chiefs for this reason alone. The Titans are absolutely decimated, and I mean decimated by injury in their secondary. Christian Fulton, arguably their best corner, he is on IR and on the shelf for at least uh, two more games. Uh, They lost uh, their rookie corner, Caleb Farley, for the season due to an ACL tear. And uh, Chris Jackson, Caleb Farley's replacement, he did not practice today due to an ankle injury. So the Titans could be down to fourth-string corners against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. That is absolutely not a good recipe at all. Plus, the Chiefs are likely to be getting Chris Jones back this week. That's going to be huge. And the fact that they finally replaced Daniel Sorensen, who is more of a backup special teams guy, with Juan Thornhill, whose upside is through the roof, that, I think, portends to slightly better days ahead for the Chiefs defense at least. But why they waited so long to make that switch at safety, I'll never know. Oh, that was the the most frustrating thing. And and like you said, what made it so frustrating is you knew that they had Thornhill there standing on the sideline while Sorensen got beat over and over and over again in big situations. And it was just glaring. And to wait so long to make the move, I just don't understand it either. So yeah, you're, you're right there, David. Just having Thornhill in is an improvement for that Kansas City secondary. Not only in the secondary, the Titans hobbling, they are hobbling big time on offense as well. Taylor Lewan, uh, thank God it could have been worse, but he still has a concussion and he will likely miss this week's game because I don't see him getting cleared in just six days time uh, for a game. I just don't. And Neither A.J. Brown, who has an illness, nor Julio Jones, who re-aggravated his hammy on Monday night, practice today. If either one of Julio Jones or A.J. Brown misses this game, how big of a hit do the Titans' chances of winning this game take? Oh, it's a huge hit because we know that, you know, you can Derrick Henry most teams and, you know, control the clock and limit the possessions, but Most teams don't have Patrick Mahomes on the other side. And we've seen teams try this strategy time and time again against Kansas City. And you can hold them down for a quarter, for a half, some teams even three quarters. But it gets to a point where he just goes off and you just can't stop them. You can only try to contain those kind of players. So, so yeah, I mean, for it's got to be all hands on deck for that Tennessee offense in order to keep up with Kansas City. Definitely. And now let's talk about some of the key matchups in this game. I am looking at the interior of that Chiefs offensive line, the two stud rookies at Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith going up against the hero from Monday Night Football, Jeffrey Simmons, Daquan Jones, and a pretty underrated Tennessee Titans uh, interior defensive line. As bad as their secondary is, the Titans front actually isn't bad. Harold Landry's having an awesome year, and Bud Dupree is a very good complimentary rusher. Uh, The Chiefs offensive line will have uh, some challenges this week. Yeah, great point there. And, uh, you know, throw in Joe Tooney, playing with a broken hand last week as well. So um, he had a heck of a game for somebody uh, limited like that. But again, like you said, that's a huge matchup there. Um, you know, definitely to, for that offensive line. And, and like we talked, you know, uh, flip it the other way uh, with Luann likely out, you know, thank goodness that's 
I, you hate to say only a concussion these days, but you know, that was what, that was a very, very scary moment last week without a doubt. So, you know, all thoughts with Taylor right now, but yeah, the rest of that offensive line is going to have to step up for Tennessee. And, and that's not an easy matchup as you talked about, you know, uh, Chris Jones and, and Jaron Reed on the inside. Um, you know, there's a, Kansas City may be able to take advantage of that offensive line in Tennessee. And, you know, if you've got guys in the backfield, it doesn't matter if it's Derrick Henry or not, if he can't get up to speed um, and slows down that, uh, that rushing attack for Tennessee, whew, that would be a huge win for the Kansas City defense. And who do you like in this game? I think I'm going to go with Kansas City. It looks like uh, we're predicting another high-scoring shootout here. I don't see how either of these teams really slow each other down very much. Um, so it's a track meet, but, you know, I, I think you convinced me Kansas City's defense is a little bit better right now than Tennessee's. So Kansas City makes uh, one, two stops <laughs> and pulls it out 42 to 34. Yeah, we are simpatico here as well. I like the Chiefs because I think with all those injuries in the Titans secondary that I alluded to, they're not going to be able to slow down Patrick Mahomes. And uh, the Chiefs defense, I think, is going to take advantage of the uh, depleted Titans offensive line and potentially not having either one of Julio Jones or A.J. Brown will be just enough for the Chiefs to pull out a victory in a high-scoring game in Music City. And now let's pick all the other Week 6 games, starting with tonight's game. It's a mash unit. The Denver Broncos and Teddy Bridgewater, he still might not play because of that foot and quad injury traveling to Cleveland to face the depleted Browns and former Bronco Case Keenum, who is starting. I still think the Browns should have no problem, and I mean no problem, absolutely dominating the Broncos in this game. That defensive front four will wreak havoc all night long on whoever is quarterbacking the Broncos and how much do they dominate? Stay tuned for bold predictions. I like the Browns. I'm in Jets mode for the Broncos season. I just am. <laughs> I'm not as down on the Broncos. Yes, there's a lot of injuries. And yes, if Teddy's not there, I would be very concerned. But, but ew, Case Keenum... Well, you know what? I'm, yeah, no, I, I tried to convince myself I couldn't do it. I'll say Denver keeps it close, makes it competitive, plays their hats out on Thursday night, and still loses 24 22 to Cleveland. We shall see. And on Sunday, the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers host Taylor Heineke and the Washington football team. Now, granted, the Washington football team. The last time they played at Green Bay in 2019, they gave the Packers a run for their money. But that said, the way they are playing right now just does not inspire that much confidence in me. I think the Packers uh, end up uh, winning for pretty easily. Washington might keep it close for a half, but Rodgers and company pull away in the second half. Yeah, Washington, you know, they showed some flashes on defense against Kansas City where it was like, whoa, wait a minute. You know, this team actually does still play defense once in a while. And then all of a sudden it disappeared in a hurry. So I, I, I just need to see more from Washington, more improvement, um, you know, on that defense, because as good as it was last year, I mean, 
what a reversal of fortune it's been. I mean, they're dead last right now in points allowed. I mean, they, it just doesn't get any worse. It's not getting any better against Aaron Rodgers. I've got this one, a blowout, Green Bay 34, Washington 13. The Atlanta Falcons, after their bye weekend victory over the Jets in London, traveled to Miami to take on Deshaun Watson, soon to be Miami Dolphins. But Deshaun <laughs> Watson obviously will not be playing in this game. It will be Tua Tungavoiloa. I like the Atlanta Falcons in this game because the Miami Dolphins just look like a team that's out of sorts right now. And I think all this Deshaun Watson talk is going to add further distraction to them. And the Falcons coming off that bye, they'll be refreshed and recharged. Matt Ryan. And Kyle Pitts and Cordero Patterson will absolutely shred that extremely disappointing Miami Dolphins defense. I like the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I I, I should pick Atlanta here. Um, you know, Miami coming back from the oh, horrible loss and Jack, against Jacksonville in London. Everything stacked up against them. All the Deshaun Watson noise. Perfect week for the team to put it in the rearview mirror come out and punch Atlanta in the face. Uh, I'll take Miami in the upset here. I think it'll be an ugly, ugly game. I've got Miami 20 to 18 over Atlanta. You're doing with Patriots and Mac Jones, who gave the Cowboys and Dak all they could handle, host Zach Wilson and the New York Jets. The Jets are still finding their way, and Belichick, uh, he absolutely made life miserable for Zach Wilson in week two. He's going to make life miserable for Zach Wilson again. And Mac Jones, uh, even though that Jets defense is pretty solid, uh, Mac Jones is going to make more than enough plays to win. I like the Patriots. Yeah, I, you know, I, the, the Jets always are going to come in and play the Patriots tough the second time they play. It happens every year. They're, they're coming off the bye week. They've got the extra week of preparation as well. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, it, it's going to come down to the quarterbacks and Mac Jones. I mean, just has been so much better than I ever expected this year at quarterback. He's tough. He's smart. He makes the, you know, he opened it up a little bit last week. We saw him going downfield more. I mean, just, you know, big step forward there for Mac Jones. Patriots should have more than enough and should be plenty hungry after all of these close losses against good teams team seeing them fight so hard against Dallas and Tampa Bay and and come up on the wrong side so yeah I'm gonna say the Patriots closer than people expect but um we'll say 24 to 19 over the Jets yeah that wouldn't necessarily surprise me either knowing uh, the positive direction overall the Jets I believe are headed in and now the Carolina Panthers the formerly 3-0 Carolina Panthers now 3-3 yeah. Travel to East Rutherford to take on the Giants in what I believe is a get-well game for them. The Giants, they're just a mess. They just can barely compete with anybody. Yeah, I don't care if Saquon Barkley comes back in this game. I think uh, because they don't have Andrew Thomas, the Panthers' uh, front should absolutely take advantage of that and give uh, Steely Dan nightmares all game long. And uh, Matt Rule is going to make the Giants regret not hiring him. Um Oh, my God, it's going to be ugly. I think the Panthers actually dominate this game over the Giants. They win. It's going to be an ugly, low-scoring game, but let's say 20-3. to three. I'll give the Giants, yeah, they'll do a little bit more on offense. But, yeah, Carolina should win this game handily. Um, like you said, a get-well game. You'll see the offense click a little bit more. Defense play better. 
Uh, Carolina 24, Giants 16. The Philadelphia Eagles traveling to Las Vegas to take on the Raiders. This is an interesting game. Was the Raiders win in Denver last week more of a reflection of how good they are or of how bad the Broncos are? I think it's the latter. The Raiders got lucky last week because their offensive line, which is very suspect, was able to keep Von Miller and Draymond Jones in check. But this week, they face a more difficult test when Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave come to town. And Alex Leatherwood going against either one of those two guys, that's going to be a nightmare. They're going to be in Derek Carr's face all game long, and that is the worst possible thing for a quarterback like Derek Carr. The Eagles' defense has been surprisingly effective this year. I think the Eagles' defense keeps the game close throughout, and in the end, the Raiders' defense just cannot uh, handle the Eagles' offensive line by the end of the day. I like the Philadelphia Eagles in an upset 20-17. to Oh, that's bold, David. I like it. I like it. Yeah, both of these teams, I, I can't figure out either one. As soon as I, I think I have my finger on the pulse of the Eagles or the Raiders, they just 180 and, you know, I just can't figure it out. So I, I'm going to go with the home team in this case uh, just because I'm going with the home team in this place because they're both a mystery to me. Las Vegas 24, Philadelphia 21. In a role reversal of quarterbacks, Jared Goff's Lions travel to L.A. to take on Matthew Stafford's Rams. I like the Rams in this game. However, I actually think the Lions keep it close throughout and cover the spread. Because last year, the Rams had a similar line favoring them against the Jets. And you know what happened. They lost that game, and that is the main reason why Trevor Lawrence is a Jaguar. But... I think it happens again, but not quite again. The Rams win, but the Lions keep it close throughout. 27-24 Rams. Uh, how many practices with Aaron Donald and, and Jared Goff's on the other side in that red non-contact jersey? And this week, the jersey's off. Oh, no, no. I, I, I can't see it. Uh, this is going to be ugly. Rams 34, Lions 6. I think the next game is going to be very, very one-sided and ugly. The Houston Texans oh. traveling to Arizona to take on the 6-0 Cardinals. The Cardinals are going to be 7-0. It shouldn't be a problem. Kyler Murray and that offense with Zach Ertz now in the fold, they're absolutely going to have a field day against that Texans defense. The Texans might keep things kind of interesting for a little bit in the first half, but it's going to be a blowout. Cardinals 34, Texans 14. Yeah, I mean, I, I, Texans seem to, you know, they got up for Cleveland. They made an effort. Um, you know, they should have beaten the Patriots in that game. That, that one was obviously circled on their calendars. But Arizona, nah, no, this is, you know, I, I expect to see pretty much just like we saw Houston against Buffalo. Heck, I'll give the same score. Arizona 40, Houston 0. The Chicago Bears traveling to Tampa to take on the Super Bowl champs. And you know me, I'm a Bears fan as well as a Broncos fan. 
I'm pretty much in Jets mode for the Bears season as well. I cannot wait for Matt Nagy to walk out the door. How he's using Justin Fields right now, it's still disgraceful. Yes, he gave up the play goal, but why are you hiding him? Why are you limiting his pass steps? Why aren't you letting him try to cook? I don't get it. He's too talented. What are you doing, Matt Nagy? That said, if you want to keep him fresh for Brian Dable or Greg Roman, so be it. Uh, Buccaneers... uh, uh, should have no problem winning this game, even with their depleted secondary, because the Bears, uh, Robert Quinn's not going to be playing this game. They'll be able to double Cleo Mack, and uh, the interior of, of that offensive line, which is super elite, is going to be able to handle Akeem Hicks, no problem. Brady will slice and dice that Bears secondary. Uh, Bucks win rather easily, let's say 27 to 17. Yeah, I'm to sound that simpatico alert, David, I, I see it coming out ju- almost exactly the same. I'll give Brady one more touchdown, make it 34 to 14 here for Tampa over Chicago. Indeed. And we started off the remainder of our week six previews with a potential Case Keenum revenge game. DeForest Buckner revenge game, anyone? DeForest Buckner and the Colts travel to San Francisco to take on the 49ers on Sunday night football. And today DeForest Buckner told the 49ers media that he was willing to meet them halfway in contract talk said DeForest Buckner. I love Nick Bosa, but DeForest Buckner was the MVP of that 2019 49ers defense. Why the 49ers traded him just looks more and more and more puzzling by the day. And when you look at the 49ers right now, the vibe I get from those that analyze and cover the team and all those interviews with John Lynch saying, oh, there's no crisis. The 49ers sound like a team that's borderline reeling right now. And the Colts have some momentum on their side. They gave Baltimore all they can handle. And last week, they absolutely dominated the Texans like they should. I like the Colts in this game. It's going to be pretty close, but I think the Colts win 23-20. to 20. Yeah, this is such an interesting matchup. I mean, you, you don't look at a week seven game and say, hey, it's must win for both of these teams here. But, you know, uh, San Francisco's what, two and three, Indies two and four. I mean, both teams need a W if they've got any shot of getting to the playoffs here. Um, I hate to pick against San Francisco um, at home coming off a of bye week. It just seems like they should be ready to go. Uh, just thinking of those San Francisco teams in the past, uh, you know, it, it should be Indy's game, but I'm going to say San Francisco somehow pulls it out. I'll keep it close. I'll say 24-22 San Francisco over Indy. On Monday Night Football in the past, this would have been an exciting matchup with Drew Brees going against Russell Wilson, but it's Jameis Winston and Geno Smith. The Seahawks... Uh, played a very tough game against the Steelers last week, but the New Orleans Saints, they're no easier of an opponent. Heck, they might be slightly tougher because I believe the Saints have a better roster than the Steelers do right now, and the Steelers have a very, very good roster. But uh, the Seahawks, uh, without Russell Wilson, they're just not the same team, and I think the Saints have more in them to really expose the weaknesses of this roster without Russell Wilson. I like the Saints. Yeah, I mean, Geno Smith, has, you know, played well, about as well as you can expect him to play. And, you know, it's just not going to be enough to get it done for Seattle. Um, It's, you know, I mean, picking against Seattle at home is (laughs) not as difficult as it used to be, I guess. So, yeah, I'm with you on this one. I've got New Orleans. Um, 
pretty easy win on Monday night football, 27 to 13 over Seahawks. And now it's time for our week seven bowl predictions. I will go first with the Cleveland Browns tonight. Case Keenum in his revenge game over the Broncos throws for 340 yards and three touchdowns. And not only that, the Browns defense, whether it be Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke, or both, they total 10 sacks, six of them coming from Miles Garrett. Ooh, I like that. That is nice and bold. Um, I picked, uh, I, I telegraphed the bold prediction, Cincinnati over Baltimore, 35 to 30. How does it get there? How about, well, you know, five touchdown passes from Joe Burrow. But let's say all five to Jamar Chase. Why not? All five to Jamar Chase, including, let's say, 75 yards through the air to take the lead with less than a minute to play. I like it. That's my bold prediction. Cincinnati, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, the five touchdown twins. The Midwest Bayou Bengals strike again. We shall hope. Because both exactly. you and I picked the Bengals, but nothing against the Ravens. Like I said, I expect the Ravens to be one of the final two teams in the AFC at the end of the day. And last but not least, it's time for our challenge flags. Why don't you go first here, Hal? All right. Well, challenge flags. Let's uh, let's look at the Dolphins, the Giants, the Lions, the Texans, the Jaguars. Uh, you know, the push is on. You guys are in the lead. Who's getting the number one pick? Who's throwing in the towel? Who's turning their season around? Oh, you know, uh, I'm challenging all of you teams. I think Jacksonville, you're probably the likeliest to get out of that schneid of the bottom five teams here. Um, so Jaguars, you know, come back from this week off. But all you other teams, make up your minds right now. The trade deadline is coming. You're in or you're out. That's my challenge flag. If you're in, you're all the way in. And if you're out, start piling up those draft picks and make those moves because there's nothing worse than a team that's got nothing to play for and didn't get anything out of the trade deadline. You said it, partner. And my challenge flag goes to one of those teams, the Miami Dolphins. It was reported today that the Texans and the Dolphins are nearing a deal that is expected to be completed as early as this week. But if not, definitely before the November 2nd deadline that will send Deshaun Watson to the Dolphins. But Dolphins, whatever you do, please, please make sure you have a backup plan in case Deshaun Watson is either put on the commissioner's exempt list or worse, convicted. Keep in mind, he goes to trial not until February, and it's not a guarantee. He turns out to be innocent after all. So Miami Dolphins... Please have a backup plan and know what you're doing. If that requires keeping Tua and starting Tua the rest of the season before you make a decision on what to do with him, so be it. Have a contingency plan in place, Miami Dolphins. And he is Hal Bent, ladies and gentlemen, FaucetSportPage.com and FullPressCoverage.com. Hal, you could follow on Twitter at HalBent01. Thank you so much once again, Hal. And that's it for today here on Sports Crunch. But we'll be back same time next week to recap week seven, preview week eight, and discuss all the latest news and notes from around the National Football League. So stay tuned. Meanwhile, be sure to follow Hal on Twitter at HalBent01. 
You can also follow me on Twitter at dcrom 59 and on Instagram at SportsCrunch with dcrom. And remember, that's Crunch with a K. Also, don't forget the new and approved www.sportscrunch.com. For Hal Bent, this is David Cromwell saying so long, stay awesome, stay safe, stay sane. And if you haven't done so yet, please get your COVID-19 vaccine. I promise you that it will literally help save your life. But if you do not want a vaccine, please do whatever is required to protect yourself and your friends. Take care, cats, kittens, and stay cool.